Hello, Wildcat Minute. Condra and I are fighting. Yeah. Tyler's never seen The Little Mermaid. And I'm blaming it on Condra. And it is 100% not my fault. <laughs> anyway, this is Wildcat Minute, the show where we talk about High School Musical one minute at a time. I stole your intro. Ooh, that's why we're fighting. How dare you, <laughs> Tyler? You don't get to introduce yourself now because I ruined it the way you always do for me. I'm Condra. <laughs> Gad. And I just peaked a ton. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Can't wait to edit. Yay! Um, this podcast is peaking right now, I think, is what you mean. This is the energy we needed, Chandra. <laughs> we're at the end of the, we're getting to the end of the movie. It's minute 90 here in High School Musical. And minute 90 starts out with Troy and Gabriella singing, There's not a star in heaven that we can't reach. And ends with Chad looking to his left and cheering. He's cheering. Wow. We're nearing the end of this movie, and we're also nearing the end of our ropes, as it were. The end of the song, <laughs> the end of the movie, the end of our sanity. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, we, we've just got more climax happening. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you you like you moved your head rapidly. Like, well, we're like, yeah, because well, it's not just the climax of, like, trying Gabriella's arc, but we get a Darbus moment in this minute, <gasps> Tyler. Oh, my God. This Darbus moment. <laughs> so different and so new. Um... <laughs> So yeah, at some point, and I, there's no point for us to like do this chronologically. At some point, they're singing, they're singing, they're singing. We get this moment where Darby, she like flings aside whatever like notebook or clipboard she had mm-hmm. so she could clap. Like, and, and she has like a delightful clap. It's really funny. She brings her hands together in like an upward motion, like she's flourishing her hands. Yeah, she's like, oh, this is delightful. It's basically what you were hoping would happen, but for Coach Bolton a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I Yeah, I still want Jack Bolton to bust a move. <laughs> <laughs> and if he could do it to the song, bust a move, that would be best. Yeah, but it is nice to see Darvis kind of pull this Tom Hanks, that thing you do <laughs> moment where she shows that she approves of them despite repeated times of dispro- disapproving. What of- kind of music do you think Jack Bolton likes? Because he's got to like some old school hip hop. Country? Nah, I feel like no, he's a he country like, guy. He doesn't like country. He's a basketball guy. He likes, he definitely, there's some jock jams. Like, he's probably like into ACDC and. Pump up the jam. I'm thinking of all the songs that they used to play like before the Celtics game set. Yeah. That night. Yeah. Or just like anything in Space Jam or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Bolton's favorite movie is Space Jam. Space Jam. Not like another real basketball movie like He Got Game or, uh, or White Men Can't Jump. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Space Jam. He's got a son <laughs> who grew up watching it. So there's probably like a nostalgia. My son used to watch this movie all the time. Or he Although, hates are they that allowed, movie. Are they allowed to watch Space Jam because they're a Disney prop? Like they're in Disney Universe? It like... Did the Looney Tunes exist? No. Because of Who Framed Roger because Rabbit? Because of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, we have our canonical- But are canonical... they only in that movie? No, they're canonically. Because Who so Framed does... Roger Rabbit also exists in the Disney park. In California, in Toontown, he has his own ride, Roger Rabbit's spin. I've never been to Disneyland, so I don't know the name of it. And then in MGM and the, Calif- and the Florida parks for- there was like a year and a half of real big Roger Rabbit hysteria. What I mean to say is, I think it's a really interesting question. Does Looney Tunes exist in High School Musical? Yeah, yeah, it does. I think there's more argument to be had. I think but... if we're running off of wider park slash movie interaction rules, which there's a there is crossover and we can then position this in the same universe as Full House. Whoa. I guess it's sort of like how in 
Princess Switch, they watch The Christmas Prince, and then they later appear in the second one. Yeah, I mean, I think... Wait, so is Toontown that exists in Roger Rabbit, is that real? Like, do the physical cartoon characters exist also, or just does Troy just watch Space Jam? Like, can he watch the movie Space Jam, or if he drove to L.A., could he go to Toontown? Well... I mean, it'd be hard to try and find your way into Toontown. It's not easy to get into Toontown. And also, well, this, is, this is decades later, so we have no idea what gentrification has done to Toontown. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the price, the, the rent prices in Toontown are too high these days. Yeah, they can't. Roger, comedian alone is not enough for Roger to afford yeah, living yeah, yeah. in Toontown. Well, and plus, plus the internet bubble kind of burst in like 2017. Like he was doing college humor sketches and like in the kind of YouTube scene, but then Facebook was fudging their numbers and then everyone got fired. Like yeah. it hit those kind of small time sketch guys hard. Yeah. But the big, also, I think it could work them existing in the same universe because the Roger Rabbit shorts are on Disney Plus. Okay. So. All right. Um, anyway. <laughs> High School Musical. That was silly. So while we see Troy and Gabriella still running, climbing, flying, soaring, all that good stuff on stage, they do something that I think is a bad staging and proves that Sharpay and Ryan are right and that they don't necessarily belong on Hold stage. On. Bad staging on like in-universe or in universe. camera work? Okay. In-universe. Gabriella and Troy cross places behind the giant moon piece that has risen down from the floor. So you lose sight of them for no reason other than like dancing. Like they just are running around the stage and like have no like, oh, I'm performing for an audience and the audience should see me almost at like at every moment, basically. I think the tackier moment is that there's like a little pause, but like where Gabrielle is just standing there waiting for Troy to get to the other side before she can start walking around it. I don't think it's a totally tacky move to go behind something, especially because the moon doesn't actually take up that much space. It's a little obstructed for us, but the people in the audience can probably see them mostly fine. I think it does help, though, in that you can, when we see Gabriella running towards the back of the stage to go behind the moon, you can see Sharpay and Ryan in the wings crossing their arms, pouting, looking (laughs) angry. I'm glad you said in the wings because I wrote that I I wrote that down, too. And we're not talking about Paul McCartney in the wings like we were last episode. (laughs) (laughs) No. Did you notice there's another moment in the in the minute where they kind of pump in audience cheers? Yeah. Into like the the dub of the the soundtrack. Yeah, that's not present though in the soundtrack yeah yeah i was listening to it the other day because breaking free is specifically is on a playlist that i have downloaded on my phone and i was like oh we're on this part of the movie right now and i was listening to it a little more closely than i normally would and yeah there's no audience noise in the the cd version but you make a good point just to circle back to what you were saying earlier of like the dancing that troy and gabriella is doing i we talked about it a little bit last week of like it's that halfway between concert and play choreograph play choreography. Yeah. And we, we get a little bit more of Gabriella playing to the audience in this in mm-hmm. this minute, which is cool. She makes eye contact with them or yeah. looks out to them at least. But overall, it's mostly them just like walking around with the microphones, like bobbing their heads, having a good time. They're not like dancing. And it's not necessarily necessary for them to dance because it's a callback. Yeah. Lest we forget. <laughs> it's mostly based on the singing. Not their, not their uh, blocking and their set set work. Yeah, but I think it does 
call to attention that the difference between Sharpay and Ryan, who are theater kids, and Trey and Gabriella, who are outsiders trying this out. And it's that that double-edged sword of, like, the the singers acting, acting singer kind of thing that we've talked about a few times before. But Wait, would you say that Troy and Gabriella were on the outside always looking in? I believe that's a Dear Evan Hansen reference. I've never, I, I don't. Um, my roommate, former guest Gio, um, my former roommate and former guest Gio, he doesn't live with me anymore, used to always sing that song. Oh. <laughs> Anything else about the kind of climaxiness of this moment? It, we get the end of the song in this. Yeah. And, they circle um, back to the chorus. The, yeah, the original chorus. Yeah, they wind down, they slow it back down, uh, bring it back to the, the pace of the beginner tempo of the beginning of the song actually not the original chorus sorry the first verse and then it slowed down yeah and they do this cool thing where they look at the world looking at them and then they look back and at each other and reconnect with each other and i think that kind of interpretation of the lyrics to reflect their body movements is well done there's definitely some cheesy dancing throughout this and like we've got the shiver shiver from from two (laughs) minutes ago and We've got some stuff that's definitely like not professional dancing the way we have for like get your head in the game or something. But it is still it's believable for two teens that are just rocking out to this song on a stage like they're not gonna have a full routine set up They're They're just having a good time. Honestly, what I appreciate is that the um, there's no complicated dancing to get in the way of the pure joy that's being expressed. It's purely for it's purely a moment like it's literally saying to the kids at home like sing along, dance your heart out. Like no one's going to judge. No one's going to care. Like this isn't a moment for you to like watch the movie. You're this breaking is for a moment free for you yourself. To, <laughs> yeah, this is a moment for you to listen and like, just like be enjoying life. Break free as it were. I like when the song ends and you get that classic, like heavy breathing shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote <laughs> that down too. Also, they went up at the end of the song. I oh, know yeah. you used to track that quite a bit with um, Dr. Horrible. You you discussed quite a bit whether they went up or down at the end of the song. <laughs> so. Yeah, they do it. They do a good harmony right at the end. That, yeah. yeah. But I, I like your idea of encouraging the kids at home to also break free and be yeah. who they want to be. Be who you want to be. Huh. That's a reference for like two people. I was thinking of the Sesame Street song, so it's fine. <laughs> So I did, I did, because I kind of figured we wouldn't have a lot of like high school musical to talk about this. Before we, sorry, I have one more thing. You get the big eruption of cheering once they they, they start the deep breath thing. And you hear some, again, some shouting from the background the way you did from it before they started singing. You have one person yell, that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't sure if that was going to make it into this side of the minute or not. Yeah, that one did. Um, So great. Yeah, so like I was saying, I wanted to hit with, you know, this is the big climax. Um, not not necessarily, like I said with the Grease comparison, not necessarily the last, like, beat of the movie where, like, you're going out on top. The finale. But, like, the emotional finale. Like, what, what I, the way I phrase it is, like, this is the moment in the movie where we see our main characters reaching their full potential. Like, they've, like, this is where they made it. And then anything else that happens afterwards is denouement. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got one. I wrote down a couple movies where like we get like a moment like this where it's like, boom, this is this is it. This is the moment we're feeling it. There's usually music involved and it's just like, oh, my God, could life get better? 
I was thinking Juno when Juno walks up to Sierra, Michael Sierra, what Michael is Sarah. Sarah on the track and the I I I try to be really cool around you that bit before she actually gives birth. Okay. I think that is kind of that emotional beat of because like them having the baby giving it to Jennifer Gardner's character the song at the end that they perform together I think is all kind of that like coda yeah I mean I think I think you're totally right in that yeah that moment where it's before she gives birth they kind of have this reconciliation I actually did write down Juno and I wrote down the birth scene because that's when the moldy peaches version of anyone else but you Mm. comes in and like it's real it's delivering (laughs) yeah it's really like delivering on that kind of like emotional moment. The the, the earlier moments kind of like introspective, like let's play this quiet. I don't actually remember if there's music. There is music. In the moment you mentioned. Yeah. Is it so nice, so smart? I don't even remember. It might be. I watched that movie like six months ago, but I should watch it again. Um, what What's one on your list? Well, I think of another. I mean, one of the all, one of my all time favorite movie climaxes is Creed. And just and Creed is a great example because you have the final fight. And then you have your like Daniel Ma of Rocky and Creed going up the steps. Um, that's like your final beat that like brings it home. But Creed, you know, when he gets knocked down and then they have this, has this montage in his head and then he springs back up there. That's a great moment. But I mean, the really powerful moment. And just because I, I looked it up before we started recording is when him and Rocky are talking in the corner and Rocky says, like, your father was there for me when I needed him. And. You know, I'm so glad I'm so glad to get to know you, Adonis. And they just have like this really great conversation. And that's when Adonis says, um, I have to prove that I'm not a mistake. Just brilliant. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> talk about movies just making you feel things. Um, and then he gets up and that's when you get the Rocky music. Mm-hmm. And it's just like so transcendent of a movie experience. Like I remember being in the theater when that movie came out and the, the people like literally in the theater cheering during that final fight, like, oh my god. <laughs> um, different ball game, but the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, you've got them meeting in the meadow and having that forehead touch, and then yeah. it's the aftermath of getting the approval from the father, and then them moving into Pemberley, all this aftermath stuff, but the the emotional peak of them realizing that um, D- Darcy and Li- um, Lizzie love each other and despite everything that had come before they are meant to be together and um yeah it just the way that is shot in the lighting and it the music just swells at just the right moment and it's like she just says like your hands are cold and it's just like this little <laughs> thing that like they're in a regency era like regency era england is basically social distancing world of today if you are <laughs> less than six feet apart from someone you could be in serious, so like your social <laughs> reputation is at big risk. So <laughs> that's a really funny way of putting it. Oh, I wonder I've if anyone's wrote like a paper. Okay, um, it's not not original for me. Um, I think that kind of situation too, where you get this like the end of a love story. Usually, there's a coda afterwards, but yeah, the the big kiss kind of situation. I don't think yeah. a lot of Disney movies do that well because they wrap them up real, real quick. I was trying to think like Cinderella, Little Mermaid, like any of these other ones. That's like kiss wedding done. Like there's no <laughs> maybe Enchanted when Giselle is fighting the dragon and like she saves. Patrick Dempsey's character, whose name yeah, I can't it's, uh, it's, Robert. We, it's weird. It's weird for like, because like action movies will have your final set piece. Mm-hmm. That's like your big 
thing. But I think we're kind of like this kind of like music idea makes it like a little different. Yeah. Because it's I because I don't think the climax of Phantom of the Opera where they're like all down and they're like singing, like singing against Mm -hmm. each other. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that's like a big triumphant character thing that I was trying to kind of steer this conversation towards. So another example I had. Well, okay, so this one this one's kind of less. This one's kind of more of a dance party ending. But the end of Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. Yeah. uh, With uh, Michael Bolton and all the characters on stage. And you even get um, Justin Timberlake. What's his face? Tim Meadows getting Mm -hmm. his little beat and Justin Timberlake. Exactly. Or another another kind of like this one's also like a musical thing uh, as the end of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. They put on the Dracula musical and Mila Kunis comes to see it. And they like Jason Siegel kind of like makes eye contact with her. And then we don't get we don't get the coda of them like actually reconciling until afterwards. But there's like big like musical thing where like they're doing the musical in the movie. Beetlejuice? You get the you get them like reuniting. They all kind of hug because they banish Beetlejuice. But then you get the coda of them say, oh, sounds like Lydia got an A on the math test kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the set piece finale of Beetlejuice. That that's a yeah that's a great moment. Um, it's like it's like that thrust of the character though is like does Lydia like sacrifice something or like she she's the joiner. I don't think she necessarily sacrifices something, but both of the the main characters of the movie, uh, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin's characters, give up the desire to want their house to themselves, and they're like, yeah, we'll invite you in yeah. and we'll be a yeah. family in one house. I wrote I wrote down um. You know, it's Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Mm. Just all-time, all-time best, you know, when he jumps oh off the building. Oh, my God, that movie. Should I watch that tonight instead of Leonard Stitch? Um, but, yeah, I mean, when when he jumps when he jumps off the building and the music and he's upside down, literally, like, all-time best Goosebumps movie moments. thinking about yeah. it. Another one that's a little weird is um, Whiplash. You get Miles Teller, big climax. It's one of the things where it's like it's like a Karate Kid or a Rocky thing where, like, it, like, kind of just ends with that scene. And so there's no thing afterwards but it's what i'm talking about with the, the characters like they're there like this is the moment where we get the thing that we wanted from the characters you know what's funny because i was thinking about other musical kind of ones i don't think that thing you do has that kind of scene at the end i mean yeah so there's the there's the studio session with guy and mm, del 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 paxton you are my biggest <laughs> fan <laughs> which is like a really cool scene and then yeah you it's Guy running back and kissing Liv Tyler and then um, Lamar winking at camera. <laughs> but it's not. Classic yeah, you're right, it's, you're right. It's not that kind of character thing. It's kind of funny, though, to think like, well, Hairspray, throw another musical into the ballgame. Um, Hairspray has this dual ending. Ba-dum-bum, it has the plot and then it's got the finale, the same as Grease and High School Musical, that it's got your plot one in um, Tracy and Zac Efron's character. Link. Link. And I'm... Link, <laughs> uh, kiss and on stage and stuff. And, yeah, um, well, yeah. When Tracy like surprise enters, yeah, and then you get song, like this huge musical thing, and then the Inez comes in, yeah, and does dance, yeah, and then you do the. Then there's a second finale, essentially. Yeah, um, but it, it's interesting to think, like, especially for the musicals, you either have these big highs, like these couple that we're talking about, or I'm thinking like Wicked ends on a bummer, Little Shop ends on a bummer depending on which version you see there's two different well, the movie endings. the yeah. movie makes has a happy ending yeah. yeah um sweeney todd bummer ending like well yeah i mean that's the difference between like a like a fun a fun <laughs> musical and a sad musical yeah 
Um, Which reminds Les Mis. Me- I don't know what Les Mis like, ends on. Sad. It, it's like it's sad, but it's supposed to be inspiring because they're all dead singing. Okay. So sure. Um, I've only seen Les Mis once and not on stage. It was the bad movie version, so I don't. <laughs> that movie is considered good, other than uh, the one guy singing, Russell Crowe. Yeah. Who had no business being in that movie. But um, that's just my opinion. <laughs> Groundhog Day is the classic example. Like, we, you get to the climax of Groundhog Day, and Phil has literally become self-actualized. That's the point mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, and the musical. Yeah. The musical, though, will, ends on that last song. Yeah. And then it kind of, like, really fades to nothing. It, like, the movie has, like, three or four minutes left. The musical just kind of, like, they wake up in bed and it's over. Yeah, man, that was a good musical. I really yeah. liked that one. Yeah, um, me too. I'm trying to think. Frozen, Anastasia. They have they have more of a, a quick ending, I'd say. I think any of the Disney ones, other than maybe Circle of um, the End of Lion King with their reprise of Circle of Life, they all kind of have that quick ending where it's just like true love, kiss, wedding, done kind of thing. Well, Frozen doesn't yeah. have a wedding at the end, but like it still is a quick ending. Yeah. So, yeah. And the, these aren't necessarily all my favorite movies. A lot of them are like some of my favorite movies, but like, oh, brother, where art thou doesn't have like a... Like a moment. Like, it has a couple moments. Our good old friend Foxy. Yeah, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. That one's kind of got the emotional big, and then it settles into the speech at the end in the dance. Yeah, oh yeah, when they go over the, the ramp. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> you see them swearing. Se- but you, yeah, you settle with that. There's a coda to it that you see them all settled in the new sewer, and then they go up into the grocery store and you kind of know everything's going to be OK. Yeah. I mean, the the good movies are the ones that, you know, everything comes together in like one moment and you get the catharsis. Yeah, that, that's what we're looking for. And and we haven't quite gotten the catharsis from High School Musical because, like I said, we need this scene between Troy and Jack. Yeah. And we need them to kiss. But I think it might be time for us to move along to moving right our, along our next segment. Muppets? Does Muppet Movie have? Yeah, Muppet Movie because they signed their big egregious rich and famous rich contract. and famous contract. Orson Welles. Yeah, and then then you settle into the last song. Yeah, um, Magic Store. Magic, Magic Store. Store. Magic Store. I was like going um. through the lyrics in my head, and I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna get there. <laughs> Okay, but sorry, I interrupted you. We're moving on to our DCOM of the Week segment, where Condra tells me about a movie that's a DCOM, a Disney Channel original flick, as it were. That'd be a decoff. <laughs> and I have to guess what it's about. Indeed. So, by request, we are covering today the 1998 Disney Channel original movie, Brink! Exclamation point. What day did it come out in 1998? Like, I'm assuming that I'm slightly older than it, but if it did, if it was like a New Year's movie and it came out on like January 6th. It's an August it, release, so you're okay. good. You're, you're okay. older than this movie, Tyler, I am, don't worry. I'm six months older than this movie. <laughs> Close. You're eight months. Eight months. Seven months. It's late August. Okay, okay. You're good. Um, so, Brink was written by Jeff Schechter. Directed by our good friend Greg Beeman and uh, when is he going to get become Greg Amen? That's what I just want to (laughs) know. And stars Eric Von Detten, Sam Horgan, Christina Vidal, and a bunch of other people. But those are our top three. I don't know any of them, and are any of them famous? Or I don't know any of them either. Nineteen ninety eight seems like 
still early decom where they like weren't really putting famous people in them. My bad. Eric Von Detten does some voice. Uh, he's in Escape to Witch Mountain as the. I don't remember anything from the original Escape to Witch Mountain. He's a uh, voice in Toy Story and he's also in The Princess Diaries. I didn't wow. realize that. Okay. Brink exclamation point. You know, so it's seems like, you know, Brink, you know, you're like, you go to the brink, like, like up to the edge. You're like a moment of like action or suspense. Like, it, it sounds like Rink, which makes me think of hockey, but I don't think it's a hockey movie because I don't know when the Mighty Ducks movies were coming out. I don't know if they would be trying to capitalize on that or just, you know, Disney saying, oh, we already have this genre. So I'll give you a hint. It okay. is loosely based on the uh, it's a loosely based adaptation of Mary Mape Dodge's 1865 novel Hans Brinker or The Silver Skates. What? what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you just made me more confused. I gave you a big wait, 1865 or 1965? 1865. <laughs> Hans Brinker, The Silver Skates. Hans Brinker, The Silver Skate. So it does seem like it's a skating thing or a rollerblading. Oh, wait, is it? Oh, okay. Okay, I'm vaguely remembering poster now that it's rollerblading, which adds up because rollerblading was in in the, in the late 90s. So it's a rollerblading movie. We got there. Um, now I just need to come up with the plot to a rollerblading movie. And I'm guessing it's not like a plot where, you know, someone re- gets really invested in rollerblading and thinks it's going to be like a cool X Games thing. And then rollerblading like slowly fades out. I guess this would be like if the, the plot of Red Dead Redemption 2 or something <laughs> <laughs> like or just like any other western i guess uh, like i'm a dying breed and um while i may have had my prime this prime has ended and i'm, I'm going to slowly fade into oblivion <laughs> i don't think that's what brink is but let's do it um okay so we got our main character a disney um, channel original <laughs> yeah well and i guess yeah so they're trying they're trying to capitalize on the popularity of skating but also realizing that they're late to the party and that skating isn't really cool anymore. They have to build it into the plot. They were like, well, we already invested in training all these kids to skate, but it's dead now. So we have to, we have to, I don't know when skating died. Uh, I don't know when roller skating died. Skateboarding's still very much alive. Okay. So maybe I won't do that. So skating movie. Um, well, it's not, and I don't think it's, it's not roller derby either. Is there a roller derby decom? I don't think so. But Rainbow Girl, the graphic novel would be a great, source material for Disney plus D-com. I yeah. can see them doing that. Yeah. Especially they, they've been doing like floor and Ulysses. And yeah. They're, Star just, Girl. they're all in yeah. that kind of genre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's in line. I'll just correct you. It's inline skating inline. So, so the four wheels are all in the same mm-hmm. track. It's blade. Yeah. It's roller blades. blades. Okay. I, I said skating by accident. Yeah. And, um, blades. and it's trick based. So like X game style, like, mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I think it's a team, like, I think it's a team, like, there's, like, multiple characters, like, it's a, it's an ensemble cast, um, so you got your, like, you got your, you got your new, you got your new kid in town who, um, are, like, he moves to town, and he realizes that the thing all the cool kids do is rollerblade, um, but he's new to it, so everyone has to, like, explain to him the rules, but then he ends up being Neo, even though there's clearly a girl character who, like, should be the one getting this moment at the end, like she's the one that's actually been good at skating this whole time and really deserves it. But sure, whatever this new kid. Yeah. He's going to be the one that competes in the finals. Yeah, fine. Whatever. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, I, I got it. Okay. And then there's like, you know, the, the funny friend who's the third one, mm-hmm. the new kid, funny friend. You just girl made one. the avatar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
if it ain't broke. Um, <laughs> so new kid, he's getting bullied at school. Um, he turns to he turns to skating as like his um, refuge blading, as it were. And he well, he uses the rollerblades to get away from the bullies at first. Um, and then uh, oh, there's a there's a cool like uh, fun like chase scene where he's doing a bunch of tricks on the rollerblades like like um, Marty McFly on yeah. a skateboard like. Um, or uh, Bart Simpson in the Simpsons movie, except um, he's not naked. <laughs> What's the one where they see them doing all the tricks and then they're like, you're on the team? I don't know, man. Bring It On has that, but that's not, it's not the accidental. High School Musical, Darbus says, you have a callback. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> no, um, yeah. And then uh, then one day, yeah, he he skates by these other kids and he was like, I was just using it to get away from the bullies. And they were like, no, you're really good. You need to join our skate club i don't i guess it doesn't really make sense for them to there to be like a competition i don't know how skating was back then was there like (laughs) there are competitions yeah it's like i I mean i guess but there's not like x games and they're like if they're like 12 13 and if they're like 12 13 years old then it doesn't they're in high school i don't know man so is there like right is there like a rival inline skate gang yeah (laughs) you're nodding your head okay yeah i'm Um, trying to guide you there a little bit there's like so there's like the bully there's the there's the rowdy rough boys to our main character's Powerpuff Girls. Exactly. Um, and so just when he thought he got away from the bullies, there's new bullies in town. Or maybe the bully the bullies just learned how to also rollerblade. And then it's just the karate kid, I guess. They have to like that skate well it. enough. They have to skate well enough to prove that they don't that they can't get picked on anymore. And then, yeah, interspersed with just like lots of cool skater music and um, skate scenes. Except it's rollerblading, so it's all kind of dumb. Well, you have a funny team. You've you've got some parts there. Okay. And I gave you some, too. I didn't have a lot of specifics, but you might as well just tell me. Yeah, I'm going to just wrap this up. So you've got your your inline skating crew of four people. Um, The main guy is Brink. He's, um, I looked it up, he's Josh in The Princess Diaries, so the the crush that's the mean crush. And then he also does the voice of Sid in Toy Story, so those are his other credits that I recognized. So he's in a group of, he's in, he's got an inline skating crew, they call themselves the Soul Skaters. They skate for fun, not for money. Um, but they <laughs> clash with a sponsored team called X-Blades with uh, a they Z. They sold out. Exactly. And, um... Skating's not about the money. It's about the thrills, dude. And um, first day of school, they have a competition and one of the the skaters on the on the bad team gets hurt and Brink is trying to help him like get out of the way. And all of them are caught by the school and they get suspended. And while he's suspended, Brink realizes his family is in some financial trouble. His father's been um, out of work for a bit. Um, and not sure if he's going to get his job back. Father was just getting back from a civil war. Yeah, probably in, in the <laughs> 1865 version. Yeah. Um, and so Brink goes against his father's wish- wishes and um, and what he believes morally and joins the X-Blades to <gasps> replace this guy that got hurt and to earn some money to help his family out. Okay, okay. This is a classic 90s sports movie thing. This happens in one of the Mighty Ducks movies. Yeah, so you have... The teen trying to still help his family, but doing against his parents and his own kind of beliefs. And his father's like, oh, I don't want you skating anymore because you got suspended. So you're going to work this job at a dog grooming 
business, which is, you know, cute. The 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 dog grooming place is called Pup and Suds, which I thought was pretty wow. cute. Wow, delightful. And they're, he's keeping it a secret from his friends, his family, trying to balance everything. But um, his friends end up discovering when he's training for an, a competition. And his friends get really mad at him. They're, they're like, you sold out, like... How dare you be on this team that was our rivals? And they don't want him back when he's like, I'm try- like, I'm just trying to do something. They're like, no. And it's this weird, like, X-Blades is, is willing to keep him on. And they race. And he's up against one of his good friends in the big race, in the big competition. And one of the other X-Bladers tries to sabotage the course. And mm. he ends up hurting... Brink's friend and uh, Brink realizes what this guy did and he's like not okay and they there's a lot of emotional there's there's a lot of emotional reconnection yeah like he has to go to his friend and be like I'm so sorry this happened I didn't want like I wanted to help my family because his friends didn't know why that he, he joined the team and um he tells his father and he's like everything's a mess and um, he ends up quitting the game or quitting the team. He returns all the gear. There's an argument. But um, there's a there's a there's a guy who says, "Hey, kid, you showed a lot of guts out there. I uh, like your style." Well, Puppin Suds ends up giving them some a sponsorship to his his friend's team, and they compete with all their family's approval. And the the bad guy tries to sabotage the race at the end when it's him versus Brink and Brink ends up coming through very pod racer episode one <laughs> style. And Brink ends up winning and the bad guy gets his comeuppance because it's he's exposed for trying to cheat. And yeah. the sponsorship sounds like the, the the motocrossed movie a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Except not the cool like it was a girl all along kind of thing. <laughs> um, it is on Disney Plus. It's kind of one of those like classic, iconic, it, smart house Johnny Tsunami. It's like in line with those kind of like those quintessential decoms kind of deal. Yeah. But that's that's Brink! Exclamation point. Yeah, I mean, it sounds sounds normal. Yeah. No, nothing uh, too flashy. I mean, it's about rollerblading. It's like 90s. like Yeah, it, it's Tony Hawk era. Like, we are in the time of Tony Hawk when this movie was coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But I, I think Tony Hawk got, like, huge, huge in the early, early 2000s. 2000s. But it, this was, like, just, he was coming. You yeah, saw him yeah, yeah. on the, he, you could see him coming at you. And he was like, yes, it's Tony's time. <laughs> and then it became Tony Stark's time. So it's always a Tony time. It just depends on which Tony. <laughs> it's Tony time. No, uh, oh, I was thinking Happy Gilmore, like Shooter McGavin. I've put in the effort, I uh, shook the hands, and now it's Shooter's turn. Um, no, um, what I was hoping you would say is uh, with the dog thing, that it would be a, a sneak crossover to an Air, Air Bud, Bud movie. I wish. You're like the like the the, the post credit scene. Airbud on a skateboard. Airbud walks in with an eye patch. I'm here to talk to you about the adventures in <laughs> Ten years before it's time. Um, no, what I was thinking though, it's interesting to think like because it's still a decom, like part of their sponsorship and stuff in the same way, like Olympics or tennis. Nowadays, you have all like the advertisements on the clothing and stuff. Um, They're all wearing Thrasher gear or whatever. They're branded. 
through the they're all it's on their knee pads and their helmets and their elbow pads because it's also yeah. a decom so you have to be all suited up in the right way and stuff so that's- <laughs> well and that was the thing with skating back then is like there were there were like the clothes companies that were like specifically selling to those but the sponsors at like the the bad guys sponsor and pup and suds it's on the like the elbow pads and the helmet <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right uh that was brink and minute 90 oh boy <laughs> Eight more minutes, Ty. Eight more minutes, and then we'll be done with High School Musical 1. Wow. What could be on our horizons? Who knows? Anyway, kind of where can people find us on the internet? People can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally, at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y, on Twitter and TikTok. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, it's your last chance for decom submissions or decoff submissions. Not decoff. Kill um, that now. Yeah. Well, it's like nine o'clock at night. So if you really wanted a cup of coffee, then decaf would probably be your better option. <laughs> that was a good one. I'll, I'll give you that joke. <laughs> Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. If you're hiring a music teacher, uh, reach out to us. Joe Winslow needs a job. <laughs> Just in case there's any principals out there listening to our podcast. I've been Contra. <laughs> and I've been Tyler. And... Hey, we we managed to have another pretty long Thursday episode. Not as long as last week. Mm. Thank God. Um, (laughs) And we'll catch you next time for another episode of Wildcat Minute, which hopefully we'll have our friend Amanda back. No spoilers or uh, hopefully we don't disappoint you. Might have to come back and edit this out later. (laughs) No, we'll catch you next time for another fun episode of Wildcat Minute. You can bet on it. (laughs) 